This time on Whatever We Want, we talk about Thor, the Dark World, all the creative compositioning between cutting from different places and combining different types of footage. Yeah, people shooting in Hong Kong and California and putting them together, along with some serious injuries from some of the actors on set. Also, there are time codes in the description if you want to jump ahead to anything. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. Enjoy! Pre-Banta! Pre-Pre-Banta! Banta! Daniel, how's it going? Wait, do we have- is that our new jingle for Pre-Banter? Is that a thing? I just kind of say that occasionally. I don't know if it's like an official jingle or anything. It's like a side jingle. You do it like every now and then. A side gig. <laughs> <laughs> we have a si- second podcast called uh, Pre-Banter. We just talk. <laughs> it's like all- literally the whole podcast is just like the edits of us doing Pre-Banter stuff. Honestly, people might listen to that. If it's like stupid enough stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I just want to let people know before we start, I feel a little more prepared. I'm probably gonna still be sweating. He's weak. But mom's spaghetti. I'm wearing a cutoff, so I got a lot of air flowing. So hopefully I won't be sweating as much. Iron Man 3 might have seemed a little rushed because I was like sweating and I also had to pee. And I also found out at the end after we stopped recording, Daniel also had to pee. So we were like, oh, Iron Man 3 ended right at the end. Goodbye. Uh. Yeah, it was very hectic. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, but we're prepared now. Yeah. Are you ready for the intro? Uh, yeah. Just slam me with it. Like four slams Molnir. You may want us to talk about this or that but we don't care we're gonna talk about whatever we want there welcome back boom to whatever we want the podcast where we jake and daniel two devilishly handsome gentlemen talk about movies giving insights into behind the scenes why things happen on the screen for all your favorite movies as long as they're probably marvel (laughs) and other like geek things well i guess it's more like all of our favorite movies because it's whatever we want well you can vote if you support us on patreon speaking of patreon hold hold on hold on i just got a phone phone call you just got a phone well no the phone rings and literally it says telemarketer I guess <laughs> that's what the name is. Oh my is. gosh. <laughs> straight up telemarketer. I've never seen that before. <laughs> you just ruined my segue flow. What was it? All right. The the cue Star Wars music. Boosh. All right. We've got patron Lori, patron Frank, patron Tony, patron Rick. And that's our patrons. Thank you for supporting the show. Get the episodes early. If you want to be a patron, check the link in the description to get some cool perks. Bam. You know, I feel like we should start making like more merch, like stickers or something like that. We do have the shirts. Do you think we should start selling those shirts? Yeah. Probably. I don't know. Like I've I've been saying, but like just it's been really busy, like kind of moving back into college, a lot of stuff going on. So uh, I apologize that I haven't been as active, like on our social medias and stuff. I'm going to turn that around. I've started doing a bunch of marketing research, and I I want to find out how to make the podcast the best it can be. So yeah, glad you guys can be a part of it. You know what else tried to be the best I can be? What? Who? Thor. The Dark World. It really tried. <laughs> it did. What'd you think? That's what we're talking about. Let's get into it. Oh, wait. I'll remember this time. A Roswa sound clip. Did you ever see um, Return of the Jedi? Oh, you finally remembered it this time. That was an amazing sound clip. I'm so happy I remembered that. Oh, man. This is a good <laughs> episode now. <laughs> you say that, and then it's Thor 2. Oh, Daniel. <laughs> I have a lot written down. What did you think of Thor 2 watching it back this time? I have a lot written down, too. You took notes again. Yay. <laughs> I feel like it opened up a lot to the world in the more universe i guess you could say the dark world ah but no like in seriousness like like when you get another <laughs> infinity stone uh you get different i guess planes of existence here and the last shot you see hel like that hell in one of the dimensions which is like apparently something in marvel no yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't so, know what it was but yeah i know what you're talking about yeah world tree that's one thing i really liked about this how they kept authentic to the world tree and like because in the comics yeah earth actually is in the center of the universe if you want to think of it like an intergalactic 
Space IY? And I'm the center of Earth, therefore I'm the center of the universe. That's what my mom told me. Are you in Greenwich? Just kidding. That's the opposite of what my mom told me. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going, I go to college in Greenwich, Daniel. I didn't tell you. <laughs> oh, dang. Wow, you really are. It's like <laughs> 10 o'clock over there. I'm really tired. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think it did open up a lot to the world. It might not have had the best screenplay, but overall, I think it did open up some eyes and some more paths for the later movies, getting into characters right. like Loki and stuff like that. So, Oh, dude, Loki was yeah. the best part of this entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was oh, I, so good. Well, I have a little bit of information on Thor The Dark World. So it was directed by Alan Taylor, who worked on Lost, The Sopranos, and then after this, Terminator Genesis, and Game of Thrones. That's actually how he got hired. Kevin Feige saw Game of Thrones and saw that kind of TV was going through like this renaissance of like the high production quality. And pretty much every Game of Thrones episode is like just a slightly shorter movie. So they asked Alan Taylor if he would want to do this. And Alan Taylor had kind of been wanting to switch to the big screen to try it out. Oh, uh, yes. The man who writes episodes episodes about incest and war he didn't, i don't think he wrote he directed it. even better <laughs> he missed a lot of season three though he said which he was kind of sad about but yeah to our game of thrones fans this was directed by by game of thrones and is considered the worst marvel movie so maybe that's why we're skeptical to go over to game of thrones just, just say <laughs> i've only seen like the first two episodes and all it is is gossip and incest i've seen the first episode but yeah so this is different different director than ken my boy ken if you remember him he was not <laughs> brought back on <laughs> my boy <laughs> <laughs> the budget for this was 170 million dollars uh, and it wasn't like a failure at the box office it brought in 600 oh no it definitely ranked in yeah almost 650 million dollars which is a lot less than iron man 3 but it was more than thor 1 which only grossed 450 million dollars so yeah I personally, like, say what you will about this movie, the world building, I feel, is a step up compared to Thor 1. Like, yeah, I agree. Asgard is really fletched out. They even said in the director's commentary that they really wanted to make it a priority to kind of go down to the street level of Asgard, they kept saying, and places that are actually, like, lived in. Like, if you remember the palace, the throne room in the first Thor, it was just, like, gold everywhere, and it was like, yeah. no one can, like, live here. Everything's gilded. <laughs> There's not a single piece of dust anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, this, it, it felt like ancient, like, Nordic and it felt like really real and I, I really appreciated that it felt like I didn't feel like Thor 1 was lacking but after seeing this I like looking back I was like wow like this is so much better in, in that aspect at least. Yeah I definitely agree I mean not only were you able to see like street level but like even in like I guess common areas like when they're feasting and like celebrating Yeah when they're about to do the heist and stuff like that room that they were like planning yeah, the that, heist Yeah it's crazy like even when they're just like having a little pity pat party that Thor was like pity pat party? <laughs> well, no I'm like in the first one the where, PPP? where they're like oh <laughs> like we need to go deal with the frost giants and like the room that they're sitting in it's literally just all gold you know yeah as, as yeah. compared to like like later when you see thor and heimdall like just talking like secretly it's just like a common bar you know secret meeting <laughs> secret meeting you know what's also funny though later they go to a secret tunnel yeah they do <laughs> <laughs> secret tunnel. and of course loki knows about it i forget yeah. how next few words go but uh oh yeah and uh, uh. <laughs> no it's then ta-da when they like, come through the other side <laughs> let's go back back to the tank so i i really this commentary actually was like a gold mine in my opinion because so you know how i said iron man 3 was like one of the worst commentaries <laughs> gold mine because we just said that oh my gosh that was gold yeah sorry i had to say it yeah yeah so we said iron man 3 was one of the worst commentaries i think they kind of learned from that and tried to prevent this mistake again so they had four people on this one it was the director so alan taylor and then the dp like director of photography or cinematographer, whatever you want to call him. Yep. And then Kevin Feige was also on this one, and Tom Hiddleston, like Loki, was on this one. Which so like there was always people talking, which was awesome. Oh yeah, I remember going through this secret tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I feel like though 
they didn't say this, but like, I think because I've edited this podcast, I understand like how audio tracks work. I think there were two groups and I don't think they recorded together, but they spliced like the best parts of each one together because like, hmm. I think the director and the DP were together recording. And then I think Kevin Feige and Tom Hiddleston were recording together because like each like those two people like in each group were talking to each other, but they like never referenced what another person would say. Hmm. That's interesting. Kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, but it was it was good director's commentary. Kevin Feige calls you up and he's like, "No, you're wrong. We just didn't care about the other two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, that's pretty cool observation. Another observation I made: there was no Paramount logo finally. <laughs> yes, I was like, it was the new Marvel logo. Oh, so we're finally Marvel. Yeah, like the Marvel Studios. Yeah. Yes. I liked it a lot. I mean, just I was like ready for Paramount. I was like, where is it? <laughs> and then you're just hit with the first ever. Of course, the first one with the Marvel logo is the Dark World. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. It's uh, not strong. <laughs> well, no, it, yeah, I mean, I get, you know, you got to start somewhere and then you got to, <laughs> you know, help build up. But yeah, so. We start out with some more Odination. Yeah. To learn about the, the ether. There's darkness. And then he said something about like eternal light, I think. And then I was like, eternal light and twilight. Oh and my gosh. Like, why? Are, what are you <laughs> with you and twilight? <laughs> Liz made me watch it. She really made me watch the one though. And it's like, I'm like. You what? loved it. What is this? No, I was like, it was the last one she made me watch. And I'm like why the only parts of twilight i've seen Wait, are the beginning part where like edward saves bella daniel we're not talking about twilight you're spoiling it for me back to and the tank the last one daniel i'm cutting all of this <laughs> <laughs> all right so originally actually in the in this film there was going to be no dial like no prologue no narration in the beginning but they showed it to test audiences and test audiences and like what the heck is going on well they said like what where's the odin narration like that's a trope of thor and like kevin feige was kind of thinking he said this in a nice way he was like oh it's so nice that they thought like we we have like a trope and we haven't we've only had one thor movie but I, I bet he was thinking like what what do you mean trope like there's been one other movie that you can't establish tradition yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they liked the idea so they went back and it helped explain the dark elves because i think also the dark elves had more like backstory but it, it was cut which might have made the the villain stronger we'll get to that but really yeah they, this whole opening sequence actually was completely cg except for odin's dad the guy with the like horned helmet yeah, boar. and then the two main dark elves everything else was completely cg and i thought it looked incredible like i yeah, had no did. idea until they told me yeah dude i thought the asgardians were really on the dark world and i meant like the people <laughs> not, i <laughs> i know what you mean oh just... my gosh <laughs> Just playing with you. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's just like that. That is crazy. This is the end of the podcast. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much my notes here were just Aether or Ether, however you want to say it, which is the reality gem that we later yeah. figure out. Red liquid. I just called it Cherry Coke. Okay. And then uh, there's Boar and Boar's War. His helmet was actually uh, CG. Really? Because they didn't ha- they didn't nail down the design yet, so they did it in post. <laughs> Have you ever seen the TMNT 3D animated movie? Yeah. The one with Michael Bay, you mean? No, 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 not, sorry, not real life, but, like, there was an older one. It, it's about, like, worlds converging, and this, like, very much reminded me of that. Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about the, the new CG. It's, like, more cartoon, yeah. but but three, it's an older one, but, yeah, like... You know, where they have, like, the, I think it's, like, rubberized suits or something like that. That like, might have been the one that Chris Evans was Casey in that, but I don't know if it was. I don't know. Anyways... Back to the tank. I pretty much also just said here, Asgard is like the America of the universe. <laughs> what? Because they go to war with everybody. Oh my gosh. To try to maintain universal peace. Well, that brings up a good theme that like, it's very interesting to me. And I kind of was confused a little bit, but like 
We learn a lot more about Odin and how he kills a lot of people to keep people in line. Yeah. And in the first one, he was very much like, we should only do that last last resort. Like, that's, a, that's our last resort. And this one, he's like, kill everyone. Yeah, he, got, like, he, t- he did like a full 180. I was sacrificed to the last man. Yeah, I was like, uh, Odin, what's going on here? You kind of like, you going crazy? It just felt weird because like last yeah. time. He was so like noble and like wise i guess there was a scene where thor and odin were like arguing and it felt like the like the the first scene but it was flipped like odin was acting like a spoiled teenager and thor was actually kind of being like reasonable and and calm yeah but then thor went behind odin's back again but instead of this time getting banished he won and then was celebrated I don't know, just some interesting parallels. Yeah, no, I, I was thinking about that as well. I'm just like, it's... Like, I get... I kind of see, like, why they would try to do that. You know, to try to show, like, the maturity of Thor, you know, getting into his place. Yeah. But then also Thor doesn't take the mantle of king. So, like, it's kind of eliminates the purpose of you even having that kind of arc flip like that between, like, these two characters. I don't know. It's just... Eh. I feel like Odin could have handled it better, you know? Yeah. I was also wa- watching Cinema Sins and thought this exact sorry Cinema Wins and thought this exact same thing. They commented there were no there have been no Dutch angles up until this point, and I was so happy. <laughs> this one cut back seriously in the Dutch angles, and that is something I will give it over Thor one any day of the week. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> anyways, we get back to the present and we see what's happened to Loki after Avengers. Well, also we should also state that the big bad boy is named Malakath. Malaki Malakai Malaki. I don't even know. I, I thought it was and then because of that i called him mall cat mall cat i love you're like we should say this just <laughs> just just for just you know just so we can keep in mind that it's mall cat trying to find the cherry coke <laughs> so we see loki he's got some longer hair I, I think loki's hair just progressively gets better and better through each film like i hate his hair in <laughs> thor one and then it gets slightly better and longer in avengers and then it's really long in this one i i really like his hair in this one yeah agreed and also in ragnarok shows how crazy he's getting in, in uh the director's commentary they call Thor, Avengers, and Thor 2 Tri-Loki, like a trilogy, but like for Loki, um, because like he's such a main character and it's like his movies basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it makes sense, you know? I mean, like, he's big bad in Thor. He's not the big bad in this one though. Yeah, no, he's not. allows him to be a very interesting anti-hero. Yeah. He's not like a villain. For people that don't know, anti-hero is like not a villain, but definitely not a hero. Kind of like, like Deadpool's an anti-hero as well. Yeah. You don't really know where Loki's allegiances lie. lie. Wow. So then sink. Wow. All right. But I really think Tom Hiddleston, like, dude, Tom Hiddleston plays this role so well. And that's a big thing. Like, the popularity of this character is why, like, he wasn't originally supposed to be in this film a lot, but because the character was so popular, like, it reinforced in Marvel's eyes that, like, we need to have more Loki in this. Secret Loki! People always comment about, like, Hugh Jackman and RDJ as their characters, but, like, dude, Tom Hiddleston is Loki. I I cannot see other, like, other people playing Loki. No, I agree. I think, I mean... How many movies has he been in now? Loki. Thor th- 2 was his third, third time playing Loki. And then he was in... Thor 3. Thor 3, Infinity War, and Endgame. Was that 6? And he will also be in Thor 4, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's 6. And he also has his TV show. And that. <laughs> At least 6 films over the past 10 years, and then... He said he loves coming back to it, because... Alright, Tom Hiddleston in this director's commentary, he's, like, such a nice guy. He he was, like, so grateful that he was able to play this character three times, because, like, that's so rare, he said. And, like, he loves, like, being able to, like, explore deeply the like understandings of like the character and like he's just such a nice guy <laughs> like i don't know how he plays a villain like literally like he started throughout like the director's commentary he kept thanking people he was like oh the visual effects department did such beautiful work here like 
oh, the stunt people in this sequence, and oh, and it, like, kept, like, naming individual people, and I was like, dude, like, you are- You are a saint. Amazing. You are a god. And, like, he, he knew <laughs> Ian. He, like, talked to Ian and, like, found out that the guy that plays Ian, uh, the, like, intern yeah. is- The intern's intern. <laughs> yeah, that was his pr- first professional role. Like, he was straight out of school and then got hired for Thor 2. What's Ian been doing now? <laughs> I don't know. We need, we need to do some more research on- Ian. It's not even his real name. He and Darcy hanging out. Yeah, hanging out. If that's what you want to call it. <laughs> so. The throne room. You got to think, this is the first time that Odin is seeing Loki since he thought he died. That's like crazy. Oh, yeah. I have that noted as Loki Big Mad. <laughs> this was actually, so this scene was actually in a prequel comic that was supposed to just bridge the gap between Avengers and Thor mm-hmm. 2. But Kevin Feige and just the, the creatives at Marvel like read it. They're like, no, put it in. Well, like, yeah, it was published and they read it and they were like, this is really good. We need to put this in the movie. <laughs> so they put it in the movie. <laughs> I really liked how Odin was like, your birthright was to die. Yeah, no, but he was like, your birthright was to die. <laughs> Like the T, like the his own like planet over there. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. You're both right, dude. Anthony Hopkins, man, it's so good. It's Odin. Yeah, that's another thing. You can't. I can't imagine anybody else is Odin now. You know, like yeah, that's he true. plays that role so well as well. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Then we see Vanaheim, and this is again going into the like the world building. I like how they have it like set up where it's like its own. What is Vanaheim again? Vanaheim's like when they go like I don't even know their name. All the other warriors are like fighting, and there's like the the mercenaries coming in there's like the fighting oh oh right, right right yeah so they go to vanaheim and then thor comes in and i put down a note like was thor just waiting on the bifrost was he just like up there he's like i'm that how's it going down there <laughs> i need to make a good <laughs> entrance <laughs> i was like hey dude your squad your boys need you and he's like okay send me into the match <laughs> <laughs> did you know i'm actually so they recasted the blonde warrior yep. three guy zach levi so he actually was originally supposed to be that guy what it frandall whatever his name is Frindle. But then the guy that went to Once Upon a Time took the role. No, no, the, no. Zachary Levi couldn't because he had to do Chuck. Have you ever seen Chuck? No. Chuck's pretty good. The first four seasons, Matt and I watched it. So he had to do reshoots or something for Chuck so he couldn't do his schedule, which is like his TV show. I highly recommend that. It's like he's on Amazon Prime for anyone who wants to watch that. But then he couldn't do it, so this other guy got it. But yeah, then this guy had to do Once Upon a Time, so Zachary Levi got it back. My time has come. <laughs> yeah. Also, Zachary Levi, he's the same guy from Shazam. He's a uh, Shazam. Yeah, he balked up a good bit between. He did. Here and there. He balked up a lot. Yeah. And he also is Flynn Rider in Tangled. Yep. Like, he's the prince. And so, because, like, he can sing well, apparently Tom Hiddleston said that, like, Tom Hiddleston and Zachary Levi would, like, sing in the makeup chairs in the morning together just to get pumped up for the day for to, to shoot oh today we'll kill thor <laughs> wait what one of them's there's thor's friends friend though and he's like wait what <laughs> speaking of the marauders though like that on that planet they spent a ton of time developing those costumes and everything and actually it took four hours of makeup and prosthetics to get everybody all set up yeah to get them all set up which is crazy dang and this whole sequence is kind of to show that crime in the nine realms have has spiked since the bifrost has been destroyed but now it is repaired and thor comes in and he sees korg's brother or cousin or whoever it might be <laughs> and he's like you're a big one he's obliterates him. thor's bigger and then kablooey uh, thor's not bigger no he said doesn't he you mean fought bigger doesn't he say that you're big he says that in the first one. Oh my goodness he does <laughs> <laughs> I'm combining movies. <laughs> no, he says, I'll accept your surrender in this one. I totally flipped those lines. Yeah. I think that's the problem with, with this Thor is like Thor is at his peak power level throughout the entire thing. And like nothing really challenges him too much. Besides like, of course, dealing with his mother's death spoilers. But like, 
in the first one, he had to deal with his, his identity being stripped uh, stripped down. Not stripped. He didn't get strep throat. <laughs> yeah, Thor got strep throat. That was the first movie. <laughs> Imagine the whole movie where Thor's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then in the, th- in the third one, he lost his hammer, which was a huge part of, of what he thought his identity was. Hammer! Yeah. And he lost his hair and everything, but lost Asgard. So he did lose a lot in Thor 3. Oh, wait, also, I had a question for you. Um, yeah. Did they say that the conversions happens every 500 years or every 5,000? 5,000. Okay, that's what I thought. If it was 500, and Thor would have seen two already. <laughs> oh, Zachary Levi also said that they had to do- go through a month of horseback, uh, like horseback ride, horse riding training. Horseback riding training? <laughs> why, did you, yes. why did you pause right there you did the opposite of the planet t where you're like horseback right <laughs> ding <laughs> yeah but there's also a lot of stunt choreo chris hemsworth actually pushed for more wire work because so far he felt like thor was a lot of like hand-to-hand just punching and he wanted to like get, up, find a different yeah. fight style and kind of shaking it shake it up yeah i can see that making sense yeah also the korg's brother korg's cousin whatever that species like um that was like one of the first villains in one of the first thor issues so that was kind of a nod to that yeah yeah it, this planet also kind of like reminds me of thanos's vacation farm planet vacation home yeah <laughs> yeah i guess his timeshare he has <laughs> he has a condo on the other side <laughs> okay so pretty much we finish up here i like the transition back yeah to asgard like the bifrost and like into the rainbow bridge that's pretty cool yeah that and the, the music swells the composer was actually the same composer from iron man 3 and they really liked his work so they brought him on for thor 2 hmm, didn't know that i thought he did a good job yeah, he did a really good job kind of improving upon the original thor theme yeah no i think the score on this was improvement from the first one what i like here is that you get to see odin and his crows which i forget if we talked about before <laughs> yeah we did but the behind the scenes is actually hilarious like the crows there's a gag reel and the crows like weren't always doing what they were supposed to like there's one gag reel thing where like odin's like shaking his arm trying to like get the crow to leave and he's just not moving (laughs) just like go (laughs) there's another one where uh, the two crows are supposed to land on either side of thor and the one crow just really wanted to be with the other crow i guess because like there was like three takes so they both landed on the same shoulder yeah there's one take where like they both land on the same one there's another one where the crow originally landed where it was supposed to but then just like hopped across chris hemsworth's hands to get to the other crow (laughs) (laughs) we must be together or raven whatever it is yeah well that's another thing like i'm not sure if people know this but in the comics those are actually odin's eyes so like yeah they're like his little truth seekers around the universe that give him information so it was nice that they put it in as like a little thing like that i forget did they do that also in avengers we said Did they do that in avengers and in avengers there's one shot when thor and loki are on that mountain you can see like a that's right and there's a crow Crow or raven whatever behind yeah like looking at them pretty much odin's like hey forget about jane she's gonna like die soon yeah so just go go do civ (laughs) what do you think of that like whole relationship with civ and and thor that doesn't really go anywhere i mean i feel like they were kind of working up a thing before the first movie and then thor just like why yeah and and then so like i want i want thor daddy and thor's like i want jane mommy (laughs) i don't know (laughs) let's move on from that swiftly the actress that played lady civ actually hurt herself pretty badly in a stunt she like really I don't know what stunt it was. I think she slipped on, or I don't even know if it was a stunt. I think it was just early in the morning one day on set and she slipped on like a metal sheet or something and fell and like she cracked, I think it said 11 of her, maybe either seven or 11 of her vertebrae. Really? And like a bunch of other bones and she was out of commission for like a month, which I was like, only a month? That seems yeah, like- Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> Dude, she is a Jeez. god. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Loki's actually a god of kindness. Siv's actually a god of war. <laughs> <laughs> we also get- abs mick chris hemsworth here yeah i literally got a note to say <laughs> let me just wash my abs yeah he's jacked again this was actually so i wanted to talk about 
I read a while ago that uh, Chris Evans in an interview, he said that often the way production works is you do all those like hero shots and like in the beginning, like muscly shots. Yeah. At the very beginning, because as you work like every day outside doing all the stunts, like it's just so hard to continue to keep up that physique. And especially because you're running around all the time, you're doing so much cardio, you often lose a lot of mass throughout like the production. And also like it's tougher to eat right on set and everything. So they do a lot of the hero shots right at the beginning of filming and then just like i guess the more like a lot of padded suits towards the end <laughs> let me just regain my muscles with this muscle spell called extra layers so does that mean thor's actually like shrek <laughs> like an ogre <laughs> yeah <laughs> onions <laughs> have layers yeah uh, so then there's his homeboy saying another <laughs> i like how thor here i noticed here he doesn't have bleached eyebrows and i was so yes. happy <laughs> It's weird how much better it is when it's natural. I was like, this looks so much better. His wig also looks a lot better, too. Yeah. That's weird that people's natural hair color looks good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Jane on her date. H- how did how did this man get Natalie Portman? No offense, but like... Poor Richard. <laughs> <laughs> like, Richard, good for you, man. But like, oh. I also don't... F- I feel like the most unrealistic thing in this, in this movie of like gods and like magic hammers is that Natalie Portman would struggle with dating. <laughs> I mean... I mean, you know, there's more of a person than just looks, Jake. You know, there's personality. Maybe she, you know, looks nice, but then also is like really stupid when it comes to talking to people. I know I'm like that sometimes. But she wasn't. She, but Daniel, don't you remember the whole scene with with magic and science and space? Oh yeah, but that's, she's great at conversation. Yeah. Wow. Space. I like the. Yeah, we we confirmed last time. If you're hot enough, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, remember? That's true. <laughs> I feel like Natalie Portman's there. <laughs> also, the contrast here in this film is like crazy. Just like going from the dark elves to Asgard to just a blind date scene now. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of jumps, not like in- including in really the final fight. There's like a lot of jumps there, which I guess makes sense because of the convergence and all. <laughs> they actually said that the point of that, why they did so many jumps and stuff, is because they wanted to f- make an exciting third act and have some like kind of new technique, I guess, that wasn't used. And they also wanted to avoid just copying Avengers and trying to outdo that, like another army thing, which I think is a very creative way to do that. Yeah, I think it definitely worked in that aspect, but at the same time, I feel like it was, you know, it might have been a little too much. For like like in the aspect of jumping. For when it comes to like the scale of like the, the dark elves in the army, I think it makes sense. But right. for their goal, especially with when we get to like Infinity War and stuff, like you're gonna try to destroy the whole world and like all the nine whelms with only one Whelms. Whelms. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with one infinity stone as compared to Thanos being able to take out barely half of life like he almost died doing that with all six yeah i know the power levels of the infinity stones are very confusing <laughs> yeah it's a movie so yeah darcy goes off so darcy comes in she says selvig went bananas i feel like that makes sense like we were talking about tony with his ptsd last time but like that's probably selvig's way of like how, kind of how he didn't come out on the other side as well as tony did you also got to think i think kevin feige pointed this out in the director's commentary selvig has been under the influence for almost an entire year like much longer than everyone else because remember at the end of thor one yeah Loki kind of manipulated him like it's worth a look or whatever when he was looking at the tesseract with nick fury and that and then all the way through the end of avengers so like that's a long time 
time to be manipulated, like mind controlled. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that he kind of goes crazy, like at Stonehenge. Well, he's crazy and he's also not crazy, you know? Because it's like, yeah, I get, I get, he's like losing it and goes crazy at Stonehenge like that. But at the same time, like he still has his scientific ability and intelligence, which is so crazy to think about, like the the right. the way his mind is being held together like that. It's like, oh yeah, I can solve the way the yeah. universe works, but at the same time, I'm also running around Stonehenge naked. Yeah. <laughs> we meet Ian for the first time here, and then Selvig streaks. Darcy's intern. Yeah. So I guess Darcy took a job with with Jane then. I guess. Like she's not yeah. an intern anymore. Yeah, I guess. Well, no, because she says she's my intern's intern, so I guess she's still an intern. But like, I don't know. I don't know. But also that shot of Selvig running around Stonehenge naked was the very first thing they ever they shot. <laughs> Where did they actually film that? They filmed that actually at Stonehenge. They had to go through a lot of restrictions. They said they had to film before the regular opening hours, so they had to film super early in the morning, and then they also like couldn't touch it they so they had to go through all these precautions to make sure no one like touched any of the actual stones because if you go to the actual stonehenge there's like it's like roped off you're not even like allowed to go within like 20 feet of it that is hilarious i've been there (laughs) there's a picture of me somewhere online of me pretending to hop the fence it's called comedy that reminds me of a photo i took this is like this is just a quick off topic thing but like i was at the met with my friends like freshman year for like an art field trip yeah because you know art art college yeah um, <laughs> i know <laughs> there's this one little statue thing from like egypt it was like it's like a sphinx it was like small and stuff like that but it was like you know it was an actual a small sphinx it was like an actual banks well yeah it's a sphinx and it was actually like, <laughs> like from egypt and all that so you weren't allowed to touch it you're allowed to go like go up right next to it but you can't touch it so i'm like hey Alex, we need to just get a photo of us hovering our hands over it, making it look oh like we're touching gosh. it. Oh my gosh, why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> so we did, we got the picture, and then a person came by and like, you're not allowed to touch it. And then we showed them a picture, we're like, we're not touching it. And they're like, we're <laughs> 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 like, it's like the Lilo and Stitch, <laughs> I'm not touching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Back to the tank. Moral of the story, don't touch historical artifacts. Especially if you're naked. (laughs) Especially if you're naked, yeah. So pretty much Jane and Darcy and Ian go to like where the sensors are telling them to go. The kids actually, if right before they go inside, like the kids, you can see build like a mini Stonehenge out of like the crates outside, which was kind of cool. Showing what humans do, kind of hinting that the conversions is why the Stonehenge was like able to be built pretty much. Yeah. And then you see that, you know that uh, shot of the cement truck that was flipped yeah it was all cg that was like an actual cement truck Wait, what really yeah they I thought that was cg put it on a giant like hydraulic rig and then like flipped it like turned it like exactly like you see it and then they painted out the rig i feel like that would have been easier to do in cg honestly i don't know but hey whatever floats your boat whatever floats your cement truck ah <laughs> i said gravity goes burr and then portal loop. <laughs> now you're thinking with portals. <laughs> the kick is a lie. I like when they like throw stuff into the portal. I like the shot when like the bottle's coming towards you and then like it disappears into the portal. Yeah, that was a good shot. That was pretty cool. Also, I had another note. I'm like, I was wondering if like this convergence space time stuff works similar to the way to like Doctor Strange's magic manipulates space time. Ah, you know, Dormammu. Like it doesn't look the same because it's not the same effect. What if they threw the bottle through one side and then Dormammu just face just popped out the other side? I've come to bargain. <laughs> <laughs> uh bargain hunt that is Ooh, i love the soda brand what <laughs> bargain hunt. and then that, that like sends him away he's like you've satisfied me yeah. <laughs> 
I'll be back for Doctor Strange. This isn't the cherry coke I was looking for, but it will do. Yeah. So yeah, and then I said Jane goes whoosh. Yeah, Jane goes off to the stumbles across the ether. We're like twenty minutes into the movie, I realize at this point, and we have only seen Thor for like three minutes <laughs> at that celebration. Yeah, that's the thing. It came through the Bifrost, did a little bit of fighting, drank a little, and he's like, Okay, let's go let's go follow Jane. Yeah. Which I guess is a unique take, you know? I, I liked the practical light on Jane's face. I'm assuming it's practical, like to show the ether's power like reflecting off of her. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that really helped sell the effect. The CG look um, more into the world. Also, the sound design of the ether itself is really cool. Because, like, like again, like we said, I feel like we said this all the time with, with Thor, but, like, there's no, like, real world... Like, reference of it. So, like, being able to create that. Yeah, reference or comparison. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like a cool crystal. Like, it reminded me of, like... Did you ever watch any of the video co-pilot tutorials? Video? Uh, no. It just reminded me... If you if anyone ever looks those up, but, like, it reminds me... They have, like, a sound pack, and it just reminded me of that a lot. It's, like, kind of, like, crystal, like, metal, like, liquidy. It's so cool. Like, I, I really like that sound design. What I put down here was, hey, I see a giant floating monolith. Let me just stick my hand into it. Yeah. Like, wh- well, well, what'd you do, Daniel, in that situation? I would follow the bridge and be like, get me the f- out of here. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to censor that. I'm sorry. But like, that's honestly. Yeah, I will that's, censor that. <laughs> that's how I would react. I'd be like, I need to get out. <laughs> what is this glowy thing? You know, <laughs> I'd be curious about it, but I wouldn't stick my hand in. I'd be like, why is it? I'd probably te- I'd at least test the monolith above first, you know, like how the heck is this floating? Like push up on it. Yeah. Like what if like you put your hand in and the monolith just fell and crushed exactly. your hand? And it, and it was like the thing where you like saw off your hand or whatever, whatever that movie is. Um, Was it 128 hours or something? Yeah. Something like that. Some number. Some number number hours yeah. <laughs> it was one hour ah uh, time to cut off my hand <laughs> it was like five minutes oh no <laughs> <laughs> but also something else i noted here was like the ether it kind of moves like symbiotic like when i say that i mean like marvel Comics symbiote right which is very was very unique and what i also liked about it yeah very dark but also like again coming in what you're saying about like fluid movements but also like containing some rigidity so i don't know it was, it was very very cool to see yeah so once she gets infected it awakens mall cat or whatever the dark elves <laughs> yes which... you called him that <laughs> I don't understand, like, why that wakes him up. Yeah, no, I said the same thing. I'm like, so he just knows? <laughs> also, later, Thor goes, like, like Jane apologizes, like, this is all my fault. And then Thor goes, if you didn't find it, they would have had it all that much sooner. Like, No, how? they wouldn't have. How like, they, they woke up because you found it. Jane, this is all your fault. <laughs> I don't know. That's just some of the plot holes in Thor. <laughs> oh, because I was looking for you, Thor. Uh, yeah, don't. Pl- yeah, blaming Thor. Oh my gosh, I'm getting mad. Natalie Portman, your hotness will not bring you through this one. You left for two years. I didn't know what to do without you, so I went to look through space time. Okay, I was lying. Natalie Portman, your hotness will probably get you through this. But anyways, well, actually, if I'm being honest, there's many times throughout this film where she's like, like, who do you think you are? Running around chasing stars. Oh. Uh-huh. Wait, literally because Thor's his face? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Oh, no. That's, that's bad, that joke. It's a good, bad. It's, it's good, but it's bad. I, I give you kudos for that. But you know what I mean? Like, she's just like, you're super space genius and you understand about the convergence, but you're also being total dumby, you know? Daniel, she has science smarts. They're not emotional relationship smarts, I guess. Also, it's probably tough to be in a relationship with a demigod. With someone from another world. Or I guess a god. That is 1,500 years old. Yeah. Wouldn't she be like a dog to him? Does that mean in Thor's like... Like, think about it. In th- Wait, does this mean Thor like is dating a minor if like you're comparing it to Asgard age? Technically, yeah. That's kind of weird. <laughs> age is just a number to Asgardians, I guess. So what? 
Uh, okay. Maybe Odin was right. <laughs> because wait, 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 when you know in the in the first, yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> you know in the maybe that's why Odin's going crazy because like in his mind, Jane is what like thirties, which when Thor was thirty, he was probably it was probably that scene in the in the first Thor when they're like kids and he's like you were both born to be king. That's probably they were probably like thirty then. <laughs> yeah, good point. So that's just weird. Just saying. All right, let's not think too much about it. <laughs> Would that mean if okay? So wait, she's thirty. He's like fifteen hundred. Is he like fifteen or thirteen? I forget. 1500 like, in if, if Infinity War, he says. So he's 1500. He's literally 50. It's like 50 even. 50 times older. Jeez. All right. All right. All right. Um, talk about a gold digger. Am I right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait, because Asgard's made of gold. <laughs> oh, man. That is the best joke. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Geez. Okay. Where right, were we? Back to tank, please. So, Mallcat wakes up and then we get Heimdall's eyes because he's like, I wait, wait, see wait. Everything. First, I want to talk about Mallcat. So it took him, I think, three or four hours to get into his dark elf makeup every morning. So he had to get there at 3 a.m. Poor guy. To start working at like seven. Well, probably took longer when he got burned too, right? Because he had to do it. Right. Because like he turned into Two-Face pretty much. The comic accurate is to have that like Two-Face thing. Yeah. So that's how they kind of went about doing that. I, I like how they went with that, but at the same time, like when it comes to the makeup, I feel like he probably was like dying. Right. In the comics though, he literally looks like a jester. He's like a bright red and blue cape and they were like, maybe we shouldn't do this for the dark elf. <laughs> for those of you who are curious, just Google up Mall Cat, Marvel Comics. Don't. <laughs> so do you know the little like the pawns the, of the dark elves like with those masks? Yeah. So those masks actually like they were specially designed so that the eye holes were slightly lower than the actor's eyes actually sat. And so they would be forced to kind of like look up so they could look straight on because the elves, they were trying to make them look like kind of like a noble people. So they kind of forced them to like look up and it would force them to stand tall and like kind of look more snooty and like uptight upper class. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good call. So Heimdall and Thor, like you said, have you seen the how it should have ended for this? No, how? I think this is the one actually that I talked about last time where it was Heimdall being like, everything is good. She's She pays as we speak. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, what? No, don't watch her. Stop looking. Stop looking. <laughs> but this time he's like, I can't see her. Wait. So is Heimdall not able to, like, to see the dark elves when they wake up? I guess so. That also makes sense why I can't see them, like, literally floating above Asgard. Yeah. Here's the thing with this Thor, right? I feel like we're, what, like, so, like, 20, 30 minutes in, maybe? And there's been already so many plot holes <laughs> that we've been yeah. talking about. This is why I think this one also didn't hold up as well. Yeah. I kind of enjoyed watching it. In the credits, I also saw my my dad's college roommate's name in the credits, so I enjoyed that also. <laughs> hey, I know that guy. I showed all my roommates. That guy. Yeah. So Jane, yeah. like, emerges. Darcy is called the police and tom hiddleston actually really liked this part because they were in england and he's english so they actually had real english police cars often in like american films they put like american police cars which just isn't the case yeah and also marvel's in the script called for like the policemen to have guns but the crew they don't have guns they usually only have batons said they don't have guns yeah they have batons so that's why the guy they they like had to change that like a couple days before they actually shot it and the guy had to call like for armed backup um on his like radio yeah armed backup you know thor is here what, what are you gonna do <laughs> I like the effect when it starts to rain and that like circle follows Jane. Yeah. And then Darcy's just left in the rain. She's like, Poor really? Darcy. <laughs> but also when Thor comes in here, yeah. his hair is wet. Did you notice that? Well, I, maybe the maybe he was only making a circle around. No, he also Jane. had a circle around him. There's a shot there's a wide shot where you see that. Wait, the, really? Yeah, because the circles converge. Well maybe 
I don't know. Maybe he just did a pre-workout or something and is really sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the shot where, well, like, she obviously slaps him. These shots where they're, like, close together, Natalie Portman had to stand, like, an apple crate, which is basically just a box in film term. Yeah. Because Chris Hemsworth is 6'3", Natalie Portman is only 5'3", so there's literally, like, a, a foot, foot difference. height difference. <laughs> <laughs> so she was, she had to stand to be tall enough to be in the shot. That's pretty funny. It was actually Natalie Portman's idea that she actually slapped, like, Chris Hemsworth, like, for real. They did 30 takes of it, and at the beginning, she wasn't slapping him but it wasn't looking real so by the end of the 30 takes she was like going at it slapping him <laughs> and darcy asked like how spacing he's like space is fine and then i can only imagine like the meme of like the dog where like everything's burning and he's like this is fine everything is fine we literally did just come from like uh what's it called the vanaheim yeah where everything was like burning yeah exactly so i'm just like <laughs> space is uh, it's okay <laughs> yeah then the cop tries to like arrest natalie portman and the ether like explodes yep which again is also like symbiote like so so in this shot, when they like go up the Bifrost, I like looked and I was like, oh, poor cop car. Like the big like bite was taken out of it. And then when they get to Asgard, like you see the cop car top the little bit that comes through tumble out and I'm all like dodge it. I thought that was so funny. That also was foreshadowing for in Thor three when he's like the, the head comes, you know, yeah, yeah. like the head of that beast is portaled up. Yeah, like it splits all over, um, what's his name? The bald guy? Uh, Butcher from The Boys. Yeah. I still haven't seen The Boys. I want to. It's good. Season two is coming out right now. It looks so good. I saw this one video about that one kid who like makes the murder laser baby. Oh my gosh. Like he actually makes an actual laser baby. It was weird. It's not as cool as Jack-Jack. All right, but anyways, I want to spoil The Boys. Back to the tank. So- The Bifrost here, I just noted that was like RGB PC LED strips. I'm like, that's a lot of freaking- abbreviations there that's a lot of letters <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's pretty much what it looked like it looked like just like a bunch of strips and i like how it changes throughout in the thor movies like it's kind of looked like that from the beginning and then like i feel like it's in um ragnarok where you really get like more of like a crystalline structure in there right you also got to think this is a different bifrost than thor one you can actually see in one of the later shots yeah exactly uh there's like a crack where it was repaired which is cool to think about like like yeah they're gods but they also have to deal with like the physical nature of how things work right it shows that this yeah it's magical but there's still a sign to it yeah you also got to think the i think kevin feige or maybe it was one of the maybe the director said that this is like the inverse of thor one now so like thor was a fish out of water on earth and now jane is fish out of water in asgard on asgard yeah yeah don't we also get a shot or something of uh starvelheim yeah i saw that like on screen i was like that is the most random collection of letters i've ever seen yeah i know i was like i tried to get him i'm pretty sure the way i spelled it was wrong i didn't pause Svartalheim. i was just like starve Full. <laughs> I think it was a Heim at the end. It was a Heim. It's, or an, it's Svartalheim. And yeah. basically, it actually translates in Icelandic to home of the Black Elves. Oh. So it actually isn't just random letters. It means something. <laughs> The more you know. Yeah. Ba -ba -ba -ba. <laughs> but yeah, so this actually was filmed in Iceland, the Svartalheim. Then they obviously graded it to make it look more green, kind of a green, brownish, yellow tone. Yeah. And uh, they replaced the sky to make it look more cloudy. But like, they like filmed like on a volcano in Iceland and Chris Hemsworth, Tom Hiddleston said it was like amazing to see and like to find, to not be like surrounded by green all the time. Like it was pretty cool. Hmm. That would be cool. Also... Speaking of the Dark Elves, I noticed they have hair, so they're breaking away from the bald villain trope that Marvel movies seem to have. Yeah, that is true. No baldy make anything this time. Especially Mallcat, dude. He's, he's freaking braid. He's got luscious locks. Yeah. Also, Game of Thrones shot in this place in Iceland, too. Oh, really? Which, like, makes sense because the director worked on it. Yeah. Also, also, they brought in a Game of Thrones, like, linguistic person to create the elf language that they used. Hmm. Yeah, that's another thing I really liked here. Because usually when you see, like, at least in the Marvel Universe, there's, like, 
like aliens and stuff like that. A lot of time they just speak English or something like that, you know? Right. But in this case, you actually did change it up with like different types of like the elfish tongue or. I was trying to think, do they speak English at all? But they do because I remember he goes, which to uh, Frigga. Well, yeah, he also has a full conversation in English, but it also just shows that there's more languages than just English in the universe, you know, which as again, adds to like the world building which I appreciate. Yeah. But yeah, then pretty much Odin just calls Jane a goat. I love when he goes, <laughs> she's mortal. Illness is her defining trait. Yeah. <laughs> it's like roasted. I was like, too soon, Odin. COVID's like not over yet, bro. Yeah. Well, no, that's another thing that goes to Odin though. It's like, he's trying to keep balance, you know, value the nine realms. And then he just goes and disses mortality. I'm like, how does that make sense? <laughs> I feel like you'd have to value mortality, especially since you also experience it. Yeah, you have an extra like 5,000 years, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything is, ages differently and there's different ways that the world behaves so i, f- right. I feel like you'd have to value that at no matter what the scale for you to be able to rule it and maintain it right i don't know i just felt like that was also very childish the way he was reacting <laughs> it was just childish in this whole thing yeah so here we get to the tree of life room and then the, he starts talking about like the infinity stones kind of introducing that which we you were talking about earlier about like kind of building to the next marvel thing yeah in the commentary kevin feige was like huh, infinity stones uh-huh pretty much <laughs> he didn't say it exactly like that but like that's kind of basically the bottom line what he was trying to get across <laughs> this is actually probably the, around the time that fat thor and rocket were kind of like we're sucking the fat out of jane yeah there's actually so i think there's a deleted scene like i was wondering where that footage was like in endgame because i didn't remember it there was a deleted scene i actually watched that i think they just repurposed and made it the footage for Endgame of, of Jane, like, standing up and stuff. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. I thought that was very smart. Yeah. One thing I also noted that Odin said here was that the ether, it takes matter and then converts it into dark matter, which, oh. if it's the reality stone, I guess in some way makes sense, but it would be, like, I guess on a physical scale, you'd have to take it, convert something to dark matter, right, which would be the negative form of it, and then somehow reconfigure it back into matter for it to be a new reality, but it wouldn't be an actual... Like, it wouldn't be able to stay that way. Like, so, for example, what I'm thinking of, like, is an Infinity War when Thanos goes to get it, right? Yeah. And he's able to, like, change Drax and Mantis, and then when he leaves, it doesn't stay. Right. I feel like that's how that makes sense. Because it's like, okay, you're converting their matter into something else, but their actual state is still alive. Somewhere. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That makes sense. So I thought that was a, like a cool lead in from that. Yeah. Um, we also here get to see Loki with his pretty nice prison suite. Yeah. These dungeons are very bougie, you know, they're very like fancy, like not just Loki's like all of them. They're all like nice white. And <laughs> yeah, this is the first scene that Tom Hiddleston actually shot. Was this prison scene of him talking to his mom? Talking to his mom that's not actually his mom. And you see here that Frigga is the one that taught him all of his magic. It kind of makes sense that, so Thor and Odin were like kind of, for lack of a better term, like meatheads and like ha- kind of had their brute strength and their good looks and everything that kind of like set them ahead. It, it was kind of implied that in Loki's childhood, he was kind of like the runt almost. And so, I mean, he literally was the runt of the Frost Giants. He but was. Frigga kind of took him under her wings and taught him her magic to kind of give him a step up so she's kind of had a special place which makes her death later even more impactful to him also um you got to think like loki is pinning his mom's death on himself yeah because he helped yeah he told the curse to go up the stairs to the left which led eventually to her die to his mom yeah yeah so he is very distraught over that which you see they explain the conversions for like the third time i feel like if you're 
your like main plot device you just explain it a million times like it's not a good plot device <laughs> yeah pretty much the guy gets the little glowy gem thing into his abdomen and then he gets taken by the asgardians and he's brought into taken by liam neeson oh my goodness we haven't heard that one in a while <laughs> <laughs> liam neeson just is in one of the gel cells <laughs> did i say taken by liam neeson it's not like a book yeah. he wrote yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so when that cursed guy before he's cursed is like coming in, you see Loki like flipping like the the like glass yeah. up, and they actually decide to do that on the day. It's a reference to Great Escape and like a Steve McQueen nod. They said Lightning McQueen. No, Steve McQueen. <laughs> Kerchow. He actually missed it once. He said like when he was throwing it, and like it just came and fell on his face. <laughs> <laughs> The prison riot pretty much starts here. Cursed boy becomes cursed boy. Yep. He goes sicko mode. I really like the shot of Thor like running and like twirl, like barrel rolling, catching his hammer and then like flying off. Yeah, that was a really good shot. Yeah. Uh, but then also there's a shot where Siv like sees Jane and she's like, the other woman, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I thought that was kind of, you know, kind of funny. I also like how Freya like steals a guard's sword. I feel bad for that guy when he goes to pull out his sword. Because he goes in the battle and he's just like, oh, yeah. where's my sword? Ah, I'm dead you know yeah uh, they're all dead anyway though it doesn't really matter oh and then one of my most favorite parts is when heimdall he just yeets himself takes down the ship like a boss yeah dude mess if he missed the jump i can I emphasize that enough <laughs> he just went for it i also guess like after that first ship like went in stealth they just gave up on stealth and just sent everyone <laughs> yeah well no, then there's the big ship and i wrote down there's always a bigger fish <laughs> speaking of qui-gon <laughs> and then also something else i found cool is like these black hole grenades amazing i love those they spent so much time doing that vfx like developing that effect i think it, they it took them a year to get that exactly right really yeah dang also i'm wondering like why aren't these like ships like five thousand years old yeah like how are they like better than current asgardian technology i don't know honestly i don't know unless they like took a pit stop to like upgrade everything <laughs> well no i don't think they i don't know because, like, who would, who would help them? I don't know. Maybe they, like, found a dwarf and, like, told him he'd kill all the brothers if they didn't. <laughs> they pulled a Thanos before Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he sees Thanos come and he's like, oh, not again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, actually. That, that's actually a good point. So, Mallcat destroys Odin's throne. That was actually his first day filming. He felt like it was a great way to, like, assert himself as a villain, just destroying Odin's throne. Let me just blow this up here real quick. This throne room, actually, was the same stage. Like, it was the same stage that they filmed the Hydra Basin. And it was also the same stage that the Star Wars medal ceremony in episode four was filmed in really yeah it's huh, cool just shows you like how amazing set decorating can change like how far that can go yeah where are we now friga starts fighting mall cat yeah she she's a bad a. I feel like if the curse didn't come like she, she would have like, ended him malachi would have died she would have yeah dude mall cat would have been a uh, road meat okay <laughs> <laughs> Mall cat be- he's evolving <laughs> road meat <laughs> uh, but yeah but then big boy comes in but then Frida goes whoosh she dies this part this is the start of where Thor starts to lose everyone that continues through infinity war yeah his death snowball yeah yeah Which, this is the this is the start of Thor's crazy summer <laughs> that we talked about dude Thor's just like so it starts with you then it goes to dad. Yeah. Then it goes. Well, it technically started with Loki, but wasn't actually Loki. And then it goes to his mom, and then it goes to Loki again, but it's not actually Loki. <laughs> Forget Loki. Loki's like someone can't steal the show from me. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes to his dad, and then it goes to Hella. Yeah, I guess. Then- Hella, I guess. I don't know if you really care about her. Then Heimdall. Yeah. Well, no, first half his people, then Heimdall. <laughs> yeah. And then Loki again, but like actually this time. Yeah. Then half the universe. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets fat. And plays Fortnite. So he soon turned it around, is what I'm hearing. <laughs> <laughs> He's just hanging on, man. He's just hanging on. But he met Korg and the scissor hands man. I don't know. Uh, Chip. 
Is it, I thought it was like Meep or something. No, it is Meep. It is Meep. <laughs> Where'd you get Chip from? I don't know. <laughs> it's like Chip from Beauty and the Beast, just with <laughs> like full cartoon. <laughs> but anyways, back to the tank. So we get a really cool Viking funeral. Yeah. The director, Alan Taylor, actually wanted to be the archer that shot the flaming arrow because he is an archer. And he spent half a day in costume, but they kind of got behind on production. So he's just like directing in like the archer's costume. <laughs> but they then ran out of time. And also the producer said they couldn't insure him. So he was not the archer. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really cool when Odin was like bonk and then like she just started floating and turning to like a particle effect it kind of actually reminded me of the funeral for the ravagers oh yeah I thought you were gonna say Tony Stark I was like how <laughs> no 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 for like the like with Yondu yeah and like he turns into like the, the particles and then there's like all the fireworks and stuff too it's like kind of like the same way but also different and Rocky was there yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so this is actually like pretty much the exact midpoint of the film and it's with Frigga's death which is a good turning point but it's Loki's absolute like rock bottom pretty much because he thinks his mom's death is his fault which kind of is yeah and it's his chance to like decide if he wants to reflect and and change a little here which like it's kind of you don't really know if he did or not (laughs) i feel like he started to but like he's not going towards good yet you know what i mean like he's definitely changed yeah but i feel like he's realized that there's more to life than just mischief yeah mischief managed he still wants to rule which is why he takes which is why he like takes over from odin because he makes odin go away yeah i want to see the part where loki took odin to like that retirement home that we see is destroyed <laughs> yeah i know right like, how does that go down like think about it, that happened in this movie <laughs> yeah so we also see selvig here explaining the alignment again and it's with stanley's shoe we get his nice little cameo can i have my shoe back oh i also love the shot of when loki's told that like his mom's dead like that like just he's calm and then like that little outburst that shot also it's like you the frame is like it's the frame and then you see his cell so he's literally like a frame within a frame just to emphasize his sense of isolation Ah. like that's a really good cinematography trick ah frame in a frame like actual camera work yes frameception yeah i mean you know that's like an actual camera technique frame yeah frame technique so that's a good that's a good catch that's a good catch thanks so pretty much we see jane and she like goes like this dark asgard like from what she's seeing yeah she's an ether vision yeah so she she's she's starting to get affected by it so they start hatching a plan oh man i'm not asking you to go against odin i'm just asking you to commit treason of the highest order yeah <laughs> that's what he literally it's asked fine heimdall when they go to get loki it looks like his foot is bleeding but he just stepped on a berry <laughs> yeah <laughs> like he's such a diva <laughs> oh no this berry my mother's dead Ugh. i also feel like marvel knows that it's all about loki like in the disney plus the behind the scenes clips five of like the 11 behind the scenes clips are loki are dedicated to loki it's like a brother's (laughs) journey part one a brother's journey part two loki the god of mischief the god of mischief and i was like why (laughs) there was literally one called loki the god of mischief and one was called god of mischief and i was like what why why oh man i don't know yeah thor is like done he does not have residual feelings for loki like if he betrays him he will end him He still does, but he doesn't. Like, he knows what he has to do in case he goes off. Yeah. But he still, like, he says it later, like, when they're on the little ship thing. He's like, I wish I could still trust you, brother. And even when he sacrifices himself, like, he's he's straight up mourning his brother. He's like, I'll tell father what you did, you know, and all that. So he obviously still cares, but he doesn't want to care. (laughs) We also get Loki shape-shifting down this hallway. I really like this scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It also introduces that guard that he turns into, but then it also, he turns into uh, Captain America, like we see, Chris Evans. Chris Evans was still filming 
filming Winter Soldier when this was happening, and Chris Evans did a full day on Winter Soldier, then after the fact, came to Thor's set and d- shot this scene. So it was like a really long day. <laughs> but like Chris Evans said he had a ton of fun because like he, he says he felt like every time he's playing Captain America, he has to repress just being like super like, ah, patriotic, like America, all that stuff. And yeah. he got to just do that when he was Loki because Loki would do that. Yeah. yeah. So the way they did this, they had Loki, like Tom Hiddleston, film the scene first and then Chris Evans watch him and kind of mimic that. Mimic how he would do it. With his own flair. Yeah. Yeah, and Tom Hiddleston said he loved doing it and like he, he the suit fit like a glove he said and like uh, he just had a really good time. Wait, he wore the suit as well? Yes, yeah. <laughs> And you could see it in the behind the scenes on Disney Plus. You could see him in the suit, like walking around with. Oh man, I want to watch that now. Yeah, oh, that'd be hilarious. Jane punches Loki. Yep, she actually punched Tom Hiddleston. Like again, just like not letting back. Dude, she doesn't care. After, yeah. After she lost Annie, she was just like, "I'm the punch Loki. It's time for me to just murder everybody. I'm gonna be the new Senate. I am the Senate." <laughs> well, she's gonna be the new Thor now too. I yeah exactly. Yeah. Was it honestly? I, I'm kind of curious to see how that how like go around with that you know it's gonna be it's gonna be different i love the the loki thor banter when they get in the ship <laughs> like literal like sibling like rivalry like i thought you said you knew how to fly this thing i said how hard could it be <laughs> also this might be like why thor like knows a sp- flying spaceship isn't the worst thing in the world and why he like tells banner like use one of your phds like you can figure it out in, in thor 3 because yeah, he he did do it <laughs> yeah oh that's kind of funny the thing about that it's all uh, tommy hilson also said that the scene inside the ship was like completely static so they had to like imagine all the like the hud imagine everything and well there, yeah. there actually wasn't supposed to be a hud like they originally shot it that it was just like cutting for, to outside to inside and kevin feige said that it was really like just weird and like felt too static so someone at the vfx department had the idea of having like the hud of like showing the things wishing by and that helped yeah which is weird because it, it looked a lot honestly kind of like tony's like simulated hud uh-huh you know like with jarvis yeah but like at the same time it was like it was different right so i don't know tony's tony's smart enough to be an alien ship designer probably probably <laughs> so, so when they're flying the ship he actually cuts off the head of like his grandfather and actually that's kind of a reference to like his grandfather's statue that's kind of a reference to in the comics thor actually does in one issue decapitate like his actual grandfather because like loki tricks him somehow really i don't know the exact storyline or how that happens but it happens <laughs> that'd be so i feel like that's similar to like that one storyline where wolverine kills like the entire x-men yeah yeah that's dark yeah so they go oh wait 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 wait. quick note quick note because we i just is gonna come up again i read this yep. thing earlier where this, this has nothing to do with thor i just thought it's funny because what <laughs> no just listen because wolverine so there was this note about how marvel actually was able to sell like Wolver- or like x-men toys for cheaper because they didn't have to have them they argued that they were not humans so they didn't have to do like this weird human character price whatever thing oh so <laughs> they were able to make those that's smart make and sell those toys for cheaper and then there was like a comment that said this is exactly the kind of shit that magneto was pissed about yeah this is <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no equality so i just thought that was funny anywho uh thor thor pushes loki off the ship and they go onto a secret boat flying to a secret tunnel and then there's also secret ropes through the it literally, it literally is through the mountain yeah it is through the mountain <laughs> oh my gosh and then we get levi going doing his little swing thing and then farewell when he could have totally like gone with them in case he needed to you know i feel like this scene also shows thor getting smarter as like a leader like he's not brute forcing like he's he actually came up with a plan actually had strategy and he didn't yeah. like tell loki about it you know if he could trust him which is very smart i'm impressed yeah yeah actually at this part 
the director's daughter was nine years old and was casted to play Loki in her school play. And Tom Hiddleston like recorded a video for her, like giving her advice um, and sent it to her. Here's how to be. Because that was very nice. An evil bitch. <laughs> he just said, he said that Loki just loves to have fun and just have fun with everything. That's like what you got to do. Literally me as the Grinch. Even in the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I love when they fly through. Ta-da. <laughs> and then this scene is really good with Loki and Thor arguing about Frigga's death. Mm-hmm. Like they just keep getting closer and closer to the frame. And like if you would overlay the frames on top of each other they would just like be getting closer and closer to the middle like getting all up in each other's space which is like really good screen direction until they kiss no <laughs> this actually kevin feige said they had giant fans blowing in their faces to have like the wind blowing yeah so like they couldn't use any of the audio so all of the audio in that scene is like was dubbed. dubbed wow yeah i couldn't even tell which is really impressive yeah, yeah i had no idea that's pretty good credits to the sound mixers and also the actors performances yeah because that's tough to do when you're not in that environment. Next, we cut to Selvig. And Kevin Feige brought up a good point. Like, you really start to, like, kind of like Loki again. But every time we cut to Selvig, it's a reminder of what Loki did in Avengers. And, like, how he's, like, ruined this man's life, mental ability almost. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, like, it's really it's very interesting juxtaposition no but i think it's a good point it's like you you want to believe that he's changing but at the same time you, it's hard to forget right. uh, the consequences of the actions he had in the past so yeah i think that would be a good way to cut that i think that's actually one relationship they handled well yeah so yeah they go sign him out of the mental place darcy picks up selvig and then the birds go crazy i would hate that yeah dude i would go i hate birds but again we were talking about like early how he was taken by for like a year and like he makes a comment, I've had a god in my brain. I don't recommend it. You know? Yeah. Which it's weird to think about because it's like, was it really Loki or was it really more the Mind Stone? Oh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? But the Mind Stone like is good in Jarvis and Vision, whatever. Well, it's manipulating Vision a little bit. I'm not sure if it was like directly causing it in Vision as it is in Selvig. Because like Loki was using it, yes, but he was using it directly on Selvig, right? Right. Like, think of it like this. Like, you could have a soldering iron, right? Pushed against your head. I would hate that. I know. <laughs> or you can have the handle stuck on your head and you have, like, a soldering iron and it's, like, you're a unicorn. So, like, you still have, <laughs> you still have a soldering iron on your head, but... <laughs> And it will affect you, obviously. That, you, that'd be awesome. You could just, like, put your head down to anything and, like, solder anything. Exactly. You know? That's vision. I, <laughs> wow. I don't know um, why he's a soldering iron. All right, all right. Back to the tank. Back to the tank. <laughs> so the, the actor that played Selvig, he said, you know how he, like, has all these pantsless scenes and, like, naked scenes and stuff? Yeah. He, like, wasn't sure if he was going to be able to do this. So he, like, practiced, he said, by, like, walking around his apartment, like, naked all day. <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> but, yeah, so then Malachi and... Me, Malkat. Loki and Thor face off. Yeah. Yeah, we've got this little whole like scheme. I love this. I when I first saw yeah. Loki cut off Thor's arm, I thought it was real. I was like, what? <laughs> I think everybody well, because there's also a, a thing in the comics where Thor loses his arm. Yeah. Not not like out of his forearm right there, like he loses like his whole arm. Right, and he gets like a metal one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I I thought they might be trying to go like a subset of that route. We haven't seen Winter Soldier yet, right? That hasn't happened yet. So I guess they wouldn't We have not. So it'd be weird if they I feel like it would be weird if they did that, if they actually did cut off Thor's arm because it would have been like the same arm yeah. both metallic so yeah if they were going to cut off his arm i feel like that would have been the way to do it yeah but um natalie portman gets de etherified it's actually a really cool visual and so natalie portman actually wasn't there in iceland when they were filming this so like everyone was just looking up at nothing which was kind of t- 
tough, Tom Hiddleston said. Huh. She was like on a plate. I, th- I think they filmed it either in London or somewhere else because they had to have like a special wiring to like Lift her hold up. her, like suspend her like yeah. that. Hmm. This whole sequence was shot over four weeks and there was like the wides were shot in Iceland. The close-ups were shot in a stage in the United Kingdom and some of the other close-ups were shot in California. So it was like a huge puzzle, but like you would never know. It's crazy how they put it together. Yeah, like how they just mashed it together. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I pretty much just said that Mall Cat drinks the cherry coke. Yes. <laughs> the end. That'd be a very, like, you wish to do like bad movie reviews. Like there's a mall cat and he wants cherry coke and a mean man stops him from having it <laughs> with a hammer. <laughs> a mean blonde man. Yeah. <laughs> Hammers him to death. Hammer time. Yeah. There was like a ton of wind in Iceland and they actually like in the gag reel Thor's cape kept getting tangled like in his face. They actually do like a Dragon Ball Z like reference. I've never seen Dragon Ball Z, but like, like Thor does a one pose, like Chris Hemsworth does a pose in the behind the scenes and then Tom Hiddleston like does the other pose and it's like an exact copy of the Dragon Ball Z thing apparently. Well, like Goku and Vegeta? Uh, Daniel, I just said I have not <laughs> I seen Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> that's why I said it. Uh, I have only seen like a couple episodes here and there. I love that Loki saves Jane. Yeah. Ugh, I just wanted to be good so bad. But you never know. And Thor just keeps the gets the tar beaten out of him. It's I have that note written and then I just like The tar? Yeah. Why why the tar? You never heard that? Never in my life. You can you can get the tar beat out of you. The tar? Yes. Like rubber? Tar? Like like shit. Hold on a second. Logan. Are you asking Logan if he's heard of it? Have you heard get the tar beaten out of you? That phrase. I don't think so. What? See? I'm looking it up right now on idioms by the free dictionary. Okay, Jake, just because it's an idiom doesn't mean it's a widely used one. I've not heard a lot of phrases, so it's not that surprising. Yeah, Logan doesn't understand English, okay? It's fine. He's just a rocket scientist, you know? No biggie. (laughs) Yeah, no biggie. (laughs) Can't do the English, but can definitely know the rocket. Well, I can't do the English anymore. But yeah, I've never heard that, Jake. It is a thing. It's not. Get the cherry coke beat out of you. I like how Loki comes and saves Thor and then you think he gets stabbed whatever avenges his mom yeah blows him up this was uh Tom Hiddleston's one of his favorite days on set he said his death scene and just his freaking theatrics like he's got to have a crazy death scene the colors fading out of his face have you seen the how should have ended for this where Jane kicks him in the balls to make sure he's actually dead <laughs> make sure he's real yeah <laughs> yeah he's, that's one thing I want to think about though like like in Endgame when like the Loki escapes in 2012 right yeah how is like he's not Thor's not able to go to him then because he's gone with a tesseract, right? So yes. Jane's still gonna go find the reality stone, right? Yes. Then all the you know dark elves and all that stuff still gonna happen, but he won't be able to direct the boy up to his mother. So she could still be alive, but she could still die. Either way, Jane still probably gets the the cherry coke sucked out of her. But then Thor has to go find them, but he can't. Because there's no other way off world. Well, then they probably sort of attacked and destroyed the rest of Asgard because they were above. True. Anyways, back to the tank. So they find that cave that Jane miraculously gets service in. I can't get service in my basement, but Jane's on another planet and can get service. <laughs> it just makes me mad. Uh, yeah. This was actually this scene, that like service thing was the idea of the Thor Thor 1 writer, Don Payne. Mm-hmm. He started working on this and then he sadly passed away and this film is actually dedicated to him. Mm. Big sad. Yeah. But I think it's the moment with Thor getting jealous is pretty funny. Who's Richard? Yeah. Richard was just trying his best, you know? He's just... He's, yeah. He, he, you gotta feel for Richard, you know? But at the same time, Jane's literally with a god on another planet. You can't compete, dude. I'm sorry, man. You're just... Yeah. You're just another... 
piece of sand. And we know how Natalie Portman feels about sand. <laughs> we get um, Hemsworth putting Mjolnir on, on the little the coat rack. Thing? Yeah. That was actually improv. Like, Chris Hemsworth was just messing around on set one day, like, and hung it up. And everyone was like, that's really funny. Like, we should put that in the film. <laughs> I love also Selvig. Look, he's dead. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and he's like, oh, wait. <laughs> yeah. He also has no pants in this shot. And then we also see Loki tell Odin, like, go back to Asgard and tell Odin that, like, they found Loki's. Loki died. Yeah. And he, like, can't hold back a smile like the guard like giggles to himself he's like Haha, odin only if you knew it was me because it's me <laughs> <laughs> but he just gave himself up and then the next scene he's just back in prison <laughs> and loki's like nothing i'm just a god <laughs> did he say guard or god you'll never know <laughs> are all asgardians gods i don't know like how would you how what's the scale for that you know i don't know <laughs> but anyways so back on earth they find out it's greenwich or whatever and they yep. start hammering in those rods and the ship flies down, which is a really cool shot, like, showing the scale of that ship. Yeah. Well, oh, no, this is what I wanted to bring up about the 500 versus 5,000 thing, right? Because it's like... Right. <sighs> they have Greenwich, which, for people that don't know, it's actually the longitude zero, which is kind of funny. Yes, that was the point. Yeah. Kevin Feige said that. It was because, you know, it's literally the world center of, like, the world center because of, like, the life tree and all, or life world tree. The, like, Greenwich wasn't really, like, a thing until the Palace of Placentia, and that was constructed in, like, 15th century. So, okay. that's, like, 500 years ago. But they're making the whole point where they're, like, oh, the the ancients would have made marks about where to go. And, like, well, he marks Stonehenge, which is obviously, like, around that time. But, like, all the other ones, I'm, like, how does that make sense time-wise? Yeah, I like how they're, like, the pyramids, Stonehenge, the Mayans, and then they, like, draw on a map that's just the UK. I'm, like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> I understand Stonehenge, but also, like, where where are these points coming from? I don't know. Yeah, so... Why do you think the third act is so underwhelming? <sighs> One, I think it's underwhelming because of the way, like, the way it's paced. Okay. Not only with, like, the jumping from world to world, but also the cutting back between, like, Jane and, like... Between Epic Thor and then, like, we gotta get the rods yeah. in! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's like, I feel like they, that could have been handled much better, especially since the way that they use the rods is how they defeat him. <laughs> well, that actually wasn't the original idea. The original idea to defeat him was actually they were going to have Thor call lightning from each of the portals, so, like, each of the nine realms and lightning bolt him. But they were like, that doesn't make sense, and also, like, that means that Jane would have no purpose. <laughs> well she doesn't have a purpose i mean <laughs> she's the e- i mean she's like the inciting incident that starts yeah exactly that's the it. ether and the love interest i mean that's it that's that's the film <laughs> <sighs> i just don't like jane in this movie i think it's because we don't really know the plan or goal of either side like i don't understand what they're trying to do well, that as well like like you like they say oh we're gonna use the reality gem to destroy the world but like what does that mean they said like make it into darkness i think they like want to revert it back to like the big bang are they gonna like attack all the suns or they like well no, no like honestly like you could do that right you can revert you could be like change reality to a time which i guess would be arguable with like the time gem but to, like before there was like you know the big bang like you said you could take out all the things that are in reality we take out all the suns and the galaxies and stuff like that that way there's no light i think that would throw off a lot of things exactly it would <laughs> so the world would go into disarray and there would be no light so you couldn't see anything Unless you had, like, artificial, like, like us. Don't worry, I've got a flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> so the, there's, like, a lot of ways that that could have been interpreted, but it wasn't really clearly defined. That's what, again, going with the contrast between Thanos, his goal is made clear. I want to take out half the life in the universe. Yeah, his goals were very clear. Boom. You're, you know what he's doing, and you know what, Boom. like, levels and means he's trying to get to Roasted. to make that happen. Yeah. This guy's just like, I've been asleep for 5,000 years. 
I'm apparently a space bad A. I'm gonna <laughs> steal this one thing and then use it. Oh, also the timing is perfect because the convergence is happening like right now. Yeah, seriously. Which is arguable because it's like, okay, Jane was- Because that's what pulled. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. yeah, again, there's like all these plot devices that are just like, they're either just happening to happen or it's just, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of holes. Also- I feel like these portals are all over the place. Like, I feel like people probably just randomly would walk into them or, like, drive into one that just popped yeah, up. how many people died? Because they walked through a portal. How many people just, like, appeared in space somewhere? Yeah, and, like, nobody's noticing it, and they're just like, uh, no, there had have been people that, like, went through by accident, you know? Yeah. But anyways, let's get back to the third act. I really like the double shot of the the two shot of the hero and the villain like approaching each other. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was good. This is actually the original reveal of the new Thor costume because they were filming actually like on location, and so people the public were like taking pictures. And Kevin Feige was thankful because thankfully like the public got a good picture of the costume and people liked it. <laughs> yeah, so it was good to get help from the public. They actually said at this point, I think Jane said like there's seven minutes till the convergence, and that's actually like, it was pretty spot on like with the timing. So that's impressive because usually in films it's atrocious with that it's like 30 seconds and then like, it was like 10, 10 minutes, minutes later, later. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no I, I agree the timing they handled well with that but the overall pacing was atrocious yeah i liked the gag with mjolnir flying across space like when it goes through a portal to try to get back to thor yeah no i that, that's actually one thing i really like about this is like not only is it like a gag but at the same time it also like makes sense yeah so yeah i thought that was actually good i feel like there's another thor trope with thor's face getting smushed against glass in thor one he's smushed against the hospital mm -hmm. door the glass door and this one he's smushed against the dome and then in thor three like when he falls on the bottom of valkyrie's ship yeah that's becoming that's a trope <laughs> apparently Thor actually went through 30 costumes. Like, Chris Hemsworth went through 30 costumes because... Really? He was... They all got torn. Like, he was doing, like, a majority of his own stunts, which Tom Hiddleston, like, praised him for because, like, that, like, amount of endurance is insane to do that, like, all day, every day, all those stunts. Yeah, jeez. Good for him. The Jotunheim rancor thing comes to Earth. Yeah, I just called it the Frost Lizard Dog. That's a cool callback. <laughs> yeah. I like how uh, Ian lifts the car, too, to save, save Darcy. Darcy. <laughs> you know, so... All right, so they... Kevin Feige told a cool story here, actually. So, the cat like one of the art directors made a poster for each cast member that like never got released to like for marketing or anything just for them to keep it's like a custom poster mm -hmm. and for each like cast member they put their character in the center and then the rest of the cast surrounding them for ian's he put ian like holding the car above his head for his poster <laughs> i am ian <laughs> oh, yeah and then they do like the name game thing where it's like, like i love that darcy jade ian selvig bamna yeah. spongebob <laughs> <laughs> it's just like uh in shrek you know where they're just like fiona shrek harold donkey yeah <laughs> yeah another little moment of humor with thor on the subway that's another thing these moments of humor alan taylor said that he went to see avengers like the director said he went to see avengers with his two young daughters and they just said they absolutely loved the comedy moments like they thought it was just gonna all be action and kind of be boring for them so because of that like moment with his daughters he knew that he needed to make sure that there was like a funny tone which i think helped this movie a bit and helped it really fit in more with the mcu yeah, it definitely did it could have been like a lot worse if they didn't have humor <laughs> yeah but at the same time i feel like it being here didn't really work well right yeah because like everything's so intense yeah so the next shot when thor's like we can't stop him or whatever and then like he gets handed those three spikes jane hands him the three spikes so that was actually there were three elements to that shot the background was taken actually from greenwich obviously chris hemsworth was in hong kong oh geez when they shot that and then jane and selvig were in los angeles and they're like i had no idea like it looks so good that, that just that crazy yeah it looked like a clean handoff and everything yeah those comps were really good hmm so then pretty much there's Thor goes in the, the Jerry Coke vortex. <laughs> what was the plan before like like these spikes? Like was 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. I, th- I th- actually, I think it was to keep them busy. Yeah, just, just distract them. Like yeah, minutes. I guess. But like, that's a bad plan. <laughs> Thor f- throws these spikes into him, right? And then she just knows one, which one it is, and two, like. Yeah, seriously. What if, the, what if he? What if she dealt with the ones that Thor was holding? <laughs> and then he's the one that gets like torn apart the armed yeah yeah like how did she know it's like maybe it's like the eye of the hurricane thing impale sensors they, like they they like vanished when he went into the storm but maybe he was in like the eye of the storm and then like she got service for a second i know that's like a dumb explanation but maybe it's something i feel like that would have probably been the best and only explanation possible for that other than like well, you're welcome that i just gave it to other you <laughs> than, like sensors on the spikes telling you like hey we're implanted or something like that you know yeah which i know selvik did not think up <laughs> no another thing i put here was like the polar bears you know from like the coke commercials they'd be so mad so much cherry coke just wasted oh my gosh dude just a waste i like the i've come to accept your surrender callback yeah that was pretty good and i also i do like that they changed the ending that he needed jane to win like i feel like that tied it together better than it could have been with the other ending yeah i feel like yeah i, I agree like jane definitely needed she needed to have more importance so i feel like this brought her back at least in my eyes here yeah not necessarily as a character but more as just like having purpose in this film right so yeah i agree with that that's the last shot though of like thor hammering the last uh stake in the like last javelin yeah that was a pretty cool shot i put in technically he could still be alive because i forgot about the shot i later. feel like he wouldn't have died with that even with that ship falling on him no i feel like he would have died from that with the the ether still inside of him was it still inside of him yes how it just got teleported like with him the ether was still on on uh what's it called that that planet svarthal whatever sparkleheim or whatever well here's the thing how did they get it later on then and give it to the collector they went to the planet like the warriors three went to the planet to get it and how would they have gotten it if he was still alive well i mean i know obviously he died but like i'm saying he shouldn't have been uh, like i feel like that wouldn't have killed him like realistically i i feel like he died and then they either he died like he survived he... the teleport like like all of his limbs being disassembled or he died or he didn't die i agree with you he could have not died but then when the warriors got there it's not like he could really do anything unless he like used a gem so then he I feel like the ether could have like well know. yeah but then you know that this this that doesn't make thor look badass anymore <laughs> whatever there's also um, a cool piece of history here with one of the buildings so one of the buildings england specifically requested not to be destroyed because there was like a big fire in england centuries ago actually when i was in london they kind of showed us some buildings in history about it and this building was one of the only buildings that like survived in that fire and it's like known for that so they wanted to kind of continue that even in this fictional world of like oh look even in thor's battle like this building still stands kind of thing hmm, that's cool so I thought that was kind of a cool piece of history. Yeah, neat. Must be like a really strange couple of days for Jane going from this crazy adventure to like eating shreddies. From going on a date with Richard to then, yeah, going on this crazy adventure with her, I guess, technically ex-boyfriend. That's also a god. And they get back together. Ex-god friend. But then like, you know, because of you, his mom dies and he's kind of mad at you, but like not really because of know, that. We just went over Thor too. I know. You I'm don't just, have to go over it again. <laughs> I'm just saying. It is a lot. I know. I know. It's like. So shreddies. Uh, Let me talk about shreddies tom hiddleston talked about shreddies in his director's commentary he said it's a famous english cereal and he grew up on it that was the cereal they were eating yeah yeah and then didn't you say like this wasn't jane or this wasn't Allie portman at the end they, it was it's his wife because they had the kiss or something like that and she was doing like another job somewhere didn't you say that last time or was that for another thing that might have been here i don't know okay i think there was a, there was some incident where it were like natalie portman couldn't do a kiss in thor maybe it was one of the scenes here chris hemsworth's wife just put on a wig and then they kissed on screen yeah <laughs> then we get the conversation between thor and loki or thor and you think is odin yeah this this twist like really got me 
at the end. I was like, what? But you can see his like facade, like that he's holding up almost splinters when Thor mentions Frigga, which I think is kind of interesting. But at the same time, it can be played off because Odin, you know, it's his wife. Right, because Odin <laughs> would also be feeling something about yeah. Frigga. Yeah. This conversation actually, this was shot again with Chris Hemsworth in Hong Kong and then Anthony Hopkins was in Los Angeles. Just That's crazy. Another good <laughs> editing and crazy compositing. Yeah, but also this is just impressive acting on Anthony Hopkins parts. You got to think it's Anthony Hopkins pretending to be Loki who's pretending to be Odin, you know? Yeah, so it's like you can't fully be your your character. You have to be like a character. That's with it. It's characterception. Yeah. But overall, I think for being Loki trying to act as Odin, I think he did very good. You know? Yeah, for sure. Man, that I thought that was Odin just like talking and now it's just like, oh no, it's Loki actually and covering himself. I feel like the scene works very well because like when you're viewing it as a first time viewer, you th- you don't think like it's not Odin. But if you view it again, knowing it's Loki, you're like, you're like oh, oh my yeah. gosh, like this makes, makes sense. sense. And that's very difficult to do, I think. Kevin Feige said they wanted to make sure they got that right, and I think they did. Yeah, no, I f- that was very solid. That's probably one of the most solid things out of this film, honestly. Again, like how they handled Loki and his transition yeah. into that position. I mean, this is like the culmination of, I feel like, Loki's films. The beginning, he wanted to be king, and now he's king. Like, his trilogy, like, he's done it. Like, good for him. <laughs> it's very weird way of doing it, but, you know, yeah. it made it happen. Also, like, Loki probably would have been king anyways if he was just a good son, because Thor doesn't even want the throne anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, dude, just chill your balls. <laughs> chill your Infinity Stone man. Uh, Speaking of Infinity Stones, we get the post-credits with Benicio Del Toro as yep. the collector. There's so many things in this this scene, which is amazing. This was shot by James Gunn, yeah. who obviously directed Guardians. This this little sequence was directed by him. He's also, Benicio Del Toro obviously did like a lot of other things, but he's also the collector, in, or not the collector, the guy in episode eight that sells him out to the Empire. Yeah. Or First Order, whoever that is. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's in a lot. Then post post credits, this is where Thor sees Jane. Yeah, they do the kiss thing. They kiss. That might have been the kiss with his wife. I'm not sure. Okay. But then we also see the Rancor still. Yeah, he's just running around. Kicking about. What do you think has been done about that Rancor? Do you think. That's what I. I was going to ask you that. I was like, where has this guy been? Do you think he w- went away during like the snap? During the snap? And then he, that's what I was going to ask too. And then he came back. <laughs> <laughs> be, dude, what if like he went away during this snap? Like, oh, big, and he's like been in hiding and then like in those five years people found like his hideout and like colonized there or whatever built houses or something and then like he just appears when <laughs> hulk brings everyone back that'd be so terrible it's like yeah, the house you just built and it's just gone because like yeah he just spawns inside of it <laughs> yeah all right so also i think i talked about this before but tom hiddleston going to comic-con in character did i talk about that before on this podcast i think you did i think i said it was for avengers but it was actually for this film when he goes out and like silences the crowd it was crazy he said because his first comic-con was in 2010 and then like three years later maybe he's in two years later he like goes out he said the time is now and i was like oh, that's my thing now's the time the time is now <laughs> we are connected but no dude he absolutely stole the show just in comic-con and just this film crazy yeah this was actually kevin Feige said was one of the most cg intensive films including avengers just because of like all the asgard stuff and well, yeah considering the whole first scene was literally all cg like that's crazy yeah so yeah tom hilson and chris hemsworth look like they've become in interviews like really good friends which is really awesome. You actually are brothers now. They said that. Well, Chris Hemsworth said that, like, they kind of honorarily, like, adopted Tom Hiddleston as, like, a honorary Hemsworth. <laughs> That's funny. But, like, they just, like, have such respect for each other, which is amazing. In, in some interviews, it looks like they, like, switched outfits. I'm like, I, I don't know if it, they did, but, like, literally, like, in one interview I watched, they, like, one had, like, a white shirt and a vest on, and the other one had, like, a blue shirt on, and then the other one, like, it flipped, and it looked like the exact same outfits that they just, like, flipped. I feel like this, the size would be different, though. I don't know, because, like, Chris Hemsworth 
doesn't stay that buff. They're both like six foot. Yes, that's true. So they could swap stuff, or that could also mean that they both bought like pairs of clothing. Yeah, they went on the shopping spree together. That way they can twin. <laughs> yeah. There's also there's a one shot in this one, another short film with called All Hail the King, and it's with Trevor from Iron Man Three in jail. Have you seen this one? No. Really. Do you want me to talk? I'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So there's a guy that's going to jail like every like week or so to interview wait, wait, Trevor. Wait, 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 wait. Doesn't this hint at like an actual Mandarin being out there? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. So Trevor like has fans in prison and he has like this posse and then they talk about the 10 rings and this interviewer like his camera like ejects like a gun and he like kills everyone in the room and like yep. breaks Trevor out of prison and he's like, we're going to go meet the, the man whose name you stole, like hinting at the real Mandarin, which we're hopefully going to see in Shang-Chi, which is really cool. Yeah. I think they're going to do it really well also sam rockwell hammer from justin hammer is yeah. in the prison as well he's like i don't get what all the hype is for this trevor guy <laughs> did he die i forget was he killed during the, the trevor uh, or, Sa- or justin hammer hammer no hammer's no he just went to jail he's in jail okay with them no i'm saying i didn't know if he died during the breakout oh no, no no the breakout was very like closed off in one ward okay i also wanted to like if any actors have listened to this podcast i want to thank you for your patience because people like ask the same questions in interviews and i just can't imagine how annoying that can get <laughs> like if you want to know the answer to this question please see article five from interview three yeah yeah just have such patience there was one interview i watched where someone dressed up as odin's brother and like had this huge fake beard and then loki gave him snakes in a can as the god of mischief it was like a <laughs> roller coaster of an interview oh that's hilarious i also want to give a shout out to kevin feige because he's just like every film that like i watch like he is so knowledgeable and so invested in each and every single one like this is his life which like it's just crazy how much knowledge he has on these subjects like uh, i have looked up a little bit about his history but like he started out like as a production assistant under one of the producers for x-men and like worked his way up the ranks is now literally the president of marvel so like just crazy you can say that his journey is similar to loki's and his rise to power but he's not a villain <laughs> i don't think <laughs> no he's 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 a good guy yeah also apparently the director alan taylor didn't really like the film how like how it turned out he said that he loved filming it and everything but there was a ton of changes in the edit room from marvel studios so i don't know how much of that was on him and how much of it was on marvel there's always going to be conflicts with like clients and stuff so like i don't know well it is what it is the phrase of 2020 release the taylor cut <laughs> but yeah yeah that's pretty much it that's all my notes and everything so me too that's iron man three just kidding haha iron man three <laughs> four two you said that so confidently you're like this is iron man three wait a second <laughs> i was thinking about trevor and i was like oh i miss trevor oh man <laughs> this is thor the dark world did i say it's called the dark it's called the dark kingdom in germany really because they had another film in from russia called dark world and they didn't want to get it confused oh. yeah i was watching an interview like i didn't even find that like like from any like interviews or facts or anything i just like was watching well, I guess I found it from an interview. I was watching an interview and on the, the poster behind them said Thor the Dark Kingdom. I was like, what? <laughs> and I like looked it up. I guess Asgard's the kingdom then, but like there's nothing that really makes it dark. I don't know. I feel like there could have been a better name change there. Yeah. Like Thor the Dark Town. The Dark Town? <laughs> Thor the Dark place okay. a quiet place <laughs> i don't know i just feel like there's something better than kingdom there but yeah that's cool that is thor dose all right anything else you want to talk about um not really i think i think i'm good i'm covered we gotta do a review i'll be right back what 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 hello
All right, I'm back. Oh, you're back. I brought my roommate, Matt, who's been on the podcast because he has not left this review, but he's listened to it. He's going to leave a review right now. Go, Matt. So, you know, I think that the Whatever You Want podcast is a great podcast to listen to, get uh, some more insight. It's a great thing to play video games to, you know, when you're grinding out those uh, those missions that are very boring. Their interesting conversation tends to spruce some things up, and it turns those grinding missions into a fun-filled opportunity to learn more about these amazing movies. Thank you so much, Matt. Oh my God! Thank you, Matt. Everyone, clap for Matt. What I'll put in some claps in post. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Yeah. All right, that was perfectly within the 180 character limit, too. I'm just kidding. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah, leave a review because we're running out. Thank you to those who have left a review. That is actually all I had because we did patron shoutouts at the top, I think, right? Yep. Is there anything else you want to talk about, Daniel? Nope. Check out the Audible link if you want to listen to audiobooks. I've been listening to some; they're pretty good. Take us home, Daniel. Introduction. We just talked about whatever you wanted to talk about, and now we're done. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. I think Winter Soldier. This next is my yep. favorite Marvel movie, actually. I'm very excited. Dude, Winter Soldier is boss. I have some stories, actually. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I, I met someone. You, t- you definitely told me. Yeah. I met someone who went to high school and is best friends with the Russo brothers, which was really cool. But yeah, tune in next time for that and more. Goodbye. Peace out.